you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of What up, what up? This is your boy Rob Clark welcoming you to the 22 November Network. Get ready for another exciting edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast featuring me. That's right, your boy Rob Clark coming at you. Stay tuned. Be right there. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show, episode number 38. This is part two of the Seamus Coogan interview. Uh, This week, we are really, really going to get into Fetzer and Hanky and uh, all the stuff they're doing over there. You know, they're getting on the air a lot on Jim Fetzer's radio show, his JFK show uh, with Gary King as as the main interviewer, and they are attacking blatantly... Black Op Radio, Real Honest Research, uh, CTA, CTKA.net, and, and, and many, many others. And it won't be long before, you know, they probably come for us, but we'll be ready. And, you know, they put forth this self-grandizing, you know, non-substantiated, quote, evidence, unquote, and it's the most ridiculous stuff you've ever heard. You know, first it was Oswald in the doorway, you know, and now it's the limo stop for 30 seconds. Uh, you know, just stuff that's not even substantiated by witness testimony, documents, anything like that. You know, these guys don't do real research. They are attack artists. They are Jim Fetzer's little chihuahuas that he sends after people to try and shut them up from telling the truth. And... I don't even know if Gary King realizes that or not yet, but it won't be long before he will. Um, so this week, enjoy part two of the Seamus Coogan interview. Uh, he's a great guy. You can check out his stuff again at ctka.net and topsecretwriters.com. And hopefully we'll, we'll be getting Seamus back on the show here in a little while. Um, got a lot of good feedback from the first part, so enjoy the second part. And uh, if you like the first one, you'll enjoy this one. And please, please, please share this all over social media if you enjoy it. Uh, Make sure that they hear this. They need to get this message. 
Uh, and you need to hear it too. If you're a JFK researcher and you're in the community and, and you're all about honest research, you need to hear this. So without further ado, I give to you, Mr. Seamus Coogan, part two. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I have Mr. Seamus Coogan from New Zealand back on the line with me right now for a second part. And I couldn't be more happy. We are having fun. Um, let's kick this off right. <laughs> with that clothes on. With that clothes on. Yeah, yeah. We are not uh, video Skyping each other naked. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, Seamus, let's get into this. Let's kick John, John Hankey right in the nutsack. Okay, because have you heard about this shit he's talking about, Gary Webb and Lisa Pease? Well, you mentioned it briefly to me, but I haven't had a chance to look at it. But it sounds awful. Look, tell me more. Freaking tell me more. Well, it was, it, it was on Gary King's uh, Fetzer show, and it's the one I was telling you about where he rambled on for incessantly for half an hour. And this is what he's talking, okay? Now, Gary Webb died when? Was it 2005? Yeah, it was around 2005, yeah. Okay. Now, what he's alleging, he he claims, I guess he was close or in contact with the family, okay? Sure. And because, you know, things were a little bit sketchy with, because he was supposedly committed suicide. Yeah. And, but he no, had two shots to the yeah, head. Sorry, bro, just checked it, mate. December 10th, 2004, brother. That Dude, was it. Okay. But, yeah, close to 2005, yeah. Hey, we were close, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and well, if, we've got, what, John Hankey and um, uh, Gary Webb. Right. And, and, and people don't know who we're talking about here. Go watch Kill the Messengers, a new movie out. There's books about Gary Webb. Um, he was a, you know, a, a, he exposed a lot of the, the goings-on with the CIA and dealing drugs and everything. And, uh drug stuff yeah he was a whistleblower and it kind of ruined his life in the end but um, absolutely here here's what he was saying okay he was saying he he figured something was fishy with this okay and i guess he was in contact with the family and he he offered to pay cyril weck ten thousand dollars to have gary webb's body shipped to pennsylvania for an autopsy okay to determine whether or not you know, Gary Webb was dead before the second shot to the head. And what he claimed is that Lisa Pease had actually gotten in contact with the family and somehow convinced them to go ahead and, um, what do they call that? Not, not bury him, but when they, uh, cremate. Yeah, they... Kidding me? Uh, that's nuts. So he's alleging that 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 Lisa P talked to the family and convinced them to go ahead and cremate Gary Webb. That that you know, there's nothing to see here. You know what I mean? Just move on. And he even went so far as to accuse her of being an accessory to the murder after the fact of Gary Webb. I think. On the man, air. You're kidding me? That's fucked. That is just pure fucked, man. Hey, has, has, has John Hankey ever heard about actually like a civil lawsuit for libel? You know, seriously. Like, this is getting beyond the joke. Now, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. I'm fuming at the moment. Well, he, what he's saying is the only way that she would have known um, 
the way the uh, the wounds that Gary Webb had because apparently there was there you know of course there was no autopsy and somehow I don't know how um, Hanky got a hold of uh, some private investigator photos of uh, Gary Webb's yeah, body. And he published them. Yeah, that's right. I saw those. Yeah, and uh, you know apparently he had two shots to the cheek. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I mean, I don't really know the details of it. Just, just that he was wildly accusing her and, and some other policeman that was, that was on the case of helping her and trying to convince the family to go ahead and not do an autopsy and just brush it under the rug and move on. Well, that, that's for me, isn't that funny? Because look, one of the people that we do know, that was really um, negative or really down on uh, Hanky. Was a guy by the name of Mike Rupert. Okay, that's uh, it. That's it. Mike, Mike and Lisa. That's who he was. Con- uh, yeah. yeah. See, Lisa Pease was mates with Mike Rupert and that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, that they were—they're not—they weren't particularly close mates at all. Uh, the allegations concerning Lisa Pease, in actual fact, were probably more. It was probably more Mike Rupert that was going around the place because he saw the allegations and just thought they were crazy, um, which is really interesting. You know, uh, Rupert had actually said for a while, I think, that uh, Gary Webb had been in a bit of a downward spiral, mate. And uh, he said that he'd been, a, of course, he'd been a cop, and he says that look, one of the things that people do when they try and end their life, with the, you know, with the bullet holes or whatever you and he made a fairly convincing case that, you know, he shot himself once, failed, but then went back and did it, you know? Right. Went back and finished the job. And I've actually spoken to a few mates about that before as well, and narcops, and they said, yeah, they've seen that happen before. People got it in their head that people, when they commit suicide, man, you know, they're actually, that they make a clean kill. No, that's not usually true. You know, most of the cases out there, it actually takes a couple of attempts, even with guns. Yeah. So... That's an interesting point. Now, that's not to say, though, that Gary Webb might have been taken out or not, okay? That's an interesting thing. But the media had done such a good job on absolutely fucking him anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, they pretty um, much assassinated him without needing to did, use bullets. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it drove him to do what he did anyway. You get what I mean? So, yes. yeah, I mean, his life was fucked. So Just I, like Roger Craig. Yeah, yeah, and look, mate, that's completely what, you know what I mean? That's completely what I think about the Roger Craig case. And it's completely what I think about the George DeMorne Shield case as well. Exactly. Even though in actual fact, and there's some interesting stuff about the, of all of these, like all of these three murders, for example, the DeMorne Shield one is the one that really spooks me out. You know the one about the, the tape recording and everything. Oh, yeah. And all of that. You should check the yeah, That one there could be a definite taking out. You know, <laughs> that, was really, yeah. that was really spooky. Well, we can go ask so, Bill O'Reilly because he was knocking on the door, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's idiot. right. There's some crazy... I mean, it's nuts. But getting back to this Lisa Pease one, look, here's how fucking crazy John Hankey is making his allegations up. And hopefully we can, you can get Lisa... And on your show, talking to her at some point, if she if she wants to come on, I'll, I'll put in a good word. But one of the things that John Hankey was saying in the last piece that I did, did you read the last piece on John Hankey that I did? 
and just taking the absolute freaking shit and soul out of his innards. Like, I ripped him a new asshole, man. Yeah. Multiple, you know, <laughs> to already go with the thousand he already has. Um, and in this piece, I tracked... Look, John Hankey was trying to say that Lisa Pease was the person, get this, that was distributing copies of his, you know, um, JFK2 around. You know what I mean? And was the one that was editing editing all these copies to make him look stupid. (laughs) This is seriously what he was saying. And I backtracked all of John Hankey's claims, and I've got photographic evidence there from uh, some of the cash sites and everything, proving that John Hankey was blaming Lisa Pease for all of the all all of his own horrific fuck ups he had made promoting his garbage in the first place, you know. So rather than admit fault that he'd been making a whole bunch of shit, he chooses to blame Lisa Pease. Now all he did, okay. Now sorry, all Lisa did was receive a copy of John Hankey's JFK two way back. I think it was about two thousand and two. I'm not sure. You people can read it in the piece that I got on John Hankey. Right. Okay. That's all she did. Why the fuck would Lisa Pease want to spread? You know what I mean? Yeah. If even to discredit this asshole, why the fuck would she? You know what I mean? Distribute copies of John Hankey's work. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's people... how. That's the level of fucking insanity that this lying sack of fucking no good children. You know what I mean? In a classroom. Yeah. Let a lot. You know what I mean? Where is the California State Freaking Teachers Commission on this guy? You know what I mean? He's a fucking idiot. And, um, you know, seriously, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I really wish that, uh, I could, you know, that violence could be allowed. I would love to get him in an amateur boxing ring, you know <laughs> what I mean, with some gloves and oh, a yeah. referee, you know what I mean? I do. And, and that would be, you know, that would be the debate that I would want, to be honest with you. You know, he wouldn't be able to duck and dive and escape and hide behind Gary King, you know, on a completely biased and fucked up hillbilly inbred motherfucking shit-talking rice cake-eating fuckhole of a show, you know. You know, hey, he'd have to fucking deal with me in person and he'd run a fucking mile. You know, I'm six foot fucking one, depending on height, six foot two, I don't care about the fucking measurements. I'm close to 100 kgs. I played rugby. I'd peel him off the fucking floor, eat him, shit him, and then I'd start punching him fucking all over again. I made jokes about John Hankey joining up with Jim Fetzer um, on the Deep Politics Forum. Okay, um, and with when I was there hanging out with Charles Drago, which is a, such a shame. Charles Drago was such a stubborn son of a gun, but I really loved hanging out with him. We had some huge arguments, but I really, really liked Charles. He, you know, oh, God, just the most frustrating man in the world, but one of the most brilliant when he could be. Oh, it's such a shame he's not there. But anyway, so I had some great fun with Charles taking on people like Phil Nelson and Jim Fetzer eventually. And, um, yeah, it was, oh, God, I lost my train of thought there. But just, I, I was making jokes about John Hankey. And all these other idiots, you know what I mean? Like Phil Nelson joining forces with Jim Fetzer. And of course they all bloody did. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? And and they bring it upon themselves because from day one, that radio show of Fetzer's with Gary King has been a hit job against Black Op Radio, against Sitka. You know, it's 
it's just one thing after another. It it started with the 50 reasons for 50 years. They went through that thing show by show by show. Rehashed it. Replayed it. Well, and, that's an interesting one. I've got a question for you. Though. Yeah. When you, made, that's, when you made your website or the blogs, I, just a question, how many, are you getting quite a few hits on it now? Well, to be honest with you, that the the, the uh, conspiracy critic blog, I, I really stopped messing with it probably about a year ago. Okay. I really, you know, I got to the point where I was arguing with these assholes day in and day out, you know, on Facebook, on on, on the blog, and it got to a point where I said pretty much everything that I needed to say and everything that I wanted to say. I presented the evidence I wanted to present. You know, it's kind of like banging your head against the wall. You know, eventually you come to your senses and you're like, you know what, fuck these guys, I'm done. You know, and there's other guys out there, you know, picking up the fight. There's this guy named BP1969. He's got a... Yeah, yeah, do you know who he is? He's freaking hilarious. Yeah, no, I don't know him personally, but, you know, we, uh, we've we had some good times, you know, attacking sync. Uh, Joe Bax has an anti-sync uh, called Ralph you know, like Joe is, Max is a great guy. Yeah, I really like Joe. Look, he, no, he's a great researcher too. Yeah, he's been promoting a lot of good CTKA stuff, man. Or Sitka is you American? I freaking Americans with a brief. I just go CTKA. <laughs> yeah, and he's Sitka got his, his blog is yeah, called yeah. Ralph Sinke is a stupid bitch. Dot blogspot. Yes, dot com. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I said that is Joe's. Yes, I thought that was his one because yeah. there's so many of you guys now. There's, there's you, BP. And Joe Bax that are just freaking slaughtering these guys. And just brilliant. So just the thing, though, but were you getting some good hits near the end, you know, when you were looking at some stuff? Were you getting, oh, yeah. you getting a lot of views? Yeah, oh, it's, uh, like I said, I haven't, I haven't touched it or really blogged there in a year, and I go yeah. back and check on it. And, man, it's still getting, like, you know, between 100 and 200 hits a day. I mean, Shit, just, that's good. That's really good, man. It's so it is so good, and it's really important that as, as visceral as these sites are, hey, and you can confirm this before we go away. I have nothing. I I have had nothing to do with the establishment of any of these three sites. CTKA has had nothing to do with no, the no, establishment no. of these sites. You know, yeah, at all. Now the one I do at now, all. we haven't really. Uh... We haven't really dropped down to that level to where we're, we're, you know, we want to stay above the fray and be a little bit more professional and focus more on the research with this one. But the other one, you know, like I said, I, I, I've said what I had to say, and and I pretty, I'm pretty much done with them motherfuckers because right now that Oswald Anderson campaign is imploding. It's imploding from the inside out. They've kicked Richard Hook out. Judith Baker oh, yeah. has joined and left. <laughs> Just a question. Can you please tell me more about what, what happened with Judith Baker joining and leaving? What happened there? Because I can't stand her either. She <laughs> is a sad, evil... You get what I mean? I don't know. Do all these older guys just want to bone her or something? Because all the younger guys like me, yourself, Frankie Vegas, you know, Steve, um, Martin Hay, we all think she's full of shit. What is it about these... I don't know, dude, but I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. I met her in person at that conference, okay? Oh, brother, jeez, you have had a shit list. Oh, my God, tell me more. Yeah, we went to the Nutter Conference, man. Phil Nelson was there and uh, a whole bunch of other assholes. But, yeah, so, but Judith Baker, to talk to her, and she's a, she, she is, she's a sweet, she's a sweet lady. 
Now I don't know no, whether just... she's delusional or or if she, you know if she's lied so many times that she, she believes it. You know you know what I'm saying? I think it's, I think it's that one. And but I mean she's a nice lady. I mean I I can't really come on here and badmouth her because she you know she was nice as could be you know but that doesn't mean I buy her shit you know what I'm saying but <clears throat> but here here's the deal with her which what what happened with that she she did a pixelation study okay of the man in the doorway <laughs> okay so and I don't know if you know. And she's an expert in photo analysis, by the way, like they all are. Yeah, and she's fucking legally blind, so go figure that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's doing. She's doing a fucking pixel analysis, okay, on the two shirts of, of the Lee Oswald in custody shirt against the the man in the doorway shirt, and back then, you know. In 1963, photographs that were developed through emulsion don't have pixels, if I'm correct. You think? That's right. No, it's true. So her whole study is bullshit, pretty much. It's based on a... Well, it is. Yeah, It's based on a false pretense. Yeah, because back in the day, of course, most of it was done by dots. Right, you know, and the whole pixelation process and all that kind of stuff, you know, and you can see that, of course, you're bloody right. I mean, if you look at the old school newspapers of the era, you know, they just used huge dots. You know what I mean? They yeah, made the big old up. dot matrix printers and yeah, shit. Yeah. But even if you That's had the right. original was, photo, you know, developed in yeah. a dark room with emulsion, it's not going to have pixels. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, they they were so enamored with her, you know, they, they, they brought her in to join, you know, because she agrees now, oh, yeah, it's, it's Oswald in the doorway due to her little pixelation study. But what they failed to realize is that in her book, Me and Lee, she puts Lee up in the sixth floor. <laughs> okay. Shooting a rifle. I know. I know. I was about to ask you about that. And missing on purpose. <laughs> So which one is it? <laughs> Can you, know, you know in her book, you know the book, I mean, she probably is a really nice lady, but I think there's delusional stuff. You know, you know the book, look, I mean, shit, that's a great one. Thanks for that one. We've got to do another show, Rob. This is hilarious, mate. Look, because, dude, did you read that part in her book where she talks about how her and Lee Harvey Oswald assisted the black woman at the back, at the back of the bus? Oh, that yeah. giving birth? Yeah. You know? Yeah, at the same point in time, Lee Harvey Oswald was trying to be inconspic- inconspicuous. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know? Oh, this just gets me so freaking... Oh, this get, this is, just makes me laugh so hard. Oh. You know, they were, oh. they were playing Rosa Parks before Rosa Parks. You know, so oh, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's really crazy. It's so I. Oh, do you know, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the stuff that I've seen of Judith Baker and the way that she actually confronts criticism, I think you're right. I'll give her credit there. She is actually very even-tempered. You know, I think that serves her quite well. But, I, I, yeah, I do think that she's, ser- she's seriously... Um, she, yeah, she, she's an du- extremely dubious source. And what's really funny about her is that I compare her to a really cool chick like Beverly Oliver, you know? 
someone that you actually really want, okay, to actually be genuine. You know what I mean? Right. To believe that she was there and she saw some of her stuff. Now, I don't know if Beverly Oliver, in actual fact, was there or not, but she's got a take-it-or-leave-it attitude. Get this, though, too. The cool thing about Beverly Oliver was that she's never actually just attached herself to someone because they believe her. That's what I've liked about Beverly Oliver. She's just herself, and she's just her own person. Whereas with Judith, Judith Baker... She's trying to ingratiate herself with people all the time to try and keep her name up there in the lights, you know? And that, for me, is just, yeah. And her story changes all the time, okay? At least Beverly Oliver's story is actually consistent. It hasn't changed too much, to be honest with you. Right. So, and she's actually just a cool chick. I've had the privilege of meeting Beverly Oliver, man, and she's one cool chick, you know? So I'm going to be 50-50 on Beverly. I'd like, I mean, I'd like for her to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would, but I can also understand the reasons why, you know, there's the, there's the acrimony. Yeah, I just you saw a thing I mean? the other day. Uh, have, you, have you heard of the researcher Dennis Morissette? No, tell me more about him. Well, he... Uh... I'm sure I've heard of him somewhere. Look, I do so much stuff at times, Rob. Some people's names just go... <laughs> You know? Yeah, I know. Well, he's, uh, tell me more. I know he's been in the forums. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which forum, but he's he's on Facebook now too, and he's he's been starting to do uh, a lot of YouTube videos. And and one of the ones okay. he he just did recently was about Beverly Oliver not being the babushka lady, and he was comparing right. you know video stills and pictures with what she stated where she yep. was, what she was wearing, the colors of things and it was it was really fascinating. I mean, and uh you know, but like you said, who the hell knows? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that sense, look, I'd probably agree with, you know, I pro- I probably would agree. I'd probably tend to go I te- I would tend to veer on the side of cynicism, you know, sadly, um with the Beverly Oliver story. Like I said, in saying that though, you really do want you know, it would be, you know, there's, there's part of me that really does like her as a person. And, you, you know, there's a, lo- a lovable rogue aspect to her, you know, I think. Whereas yeah. with, with, with JVB, she's just an utter sociopath, to be honest with you, in terms of the lies that she talks. So it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. I, but that would be interesting. So just a question. What, have you, what do you make of this guy's um, uh, YouTube videos? Do you think they're pretty even-handed? They're, they're pretty good? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I'd never seen a couple of the, the actual still photos uh, that he had before. Sure. And it it really looks like she had dark hair, whoever this babushka lady was. Yeah. And Beverly's always yeah. claimed to be a natural blonde. Mm. But she's also oh, claimed funny. to wear a wig, too, so. Yeah, and look, and this is one of the things that's really interesting because I had some interactions in my early research days with um with the infamous Dave Perry, and one of the one of the big things that I noticed was that Dave Perry is um, an interesting dude. Yeah, he's misquoted some people badly, especially people like Cyril Wecht, and he did a real number on Fletcher Prouty, to be honest with you, but, yeah. which complete bollocks, really. But he wrote really well on them, and uh, so it could fool a few people. It actually had me fooled for a little while. Um, well, in terms of the information, I always thought he was a little bit suspicious. But one thing that 
he did he's done pretty well is he's looked into the cases like you know your Madeline Browns, you know your Judith Bakers, and all of that kind of stuff. Every people have got to realise that every now just because a lone gunman, an advocate, or somebody associated with Gary Mack says something, you know, says that somebody's full of shit, you know what I mean? Doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing it to actually discredit somebody, you know. This person could actually be full of shit, you see. So oh, yeah. that's one thing that people have really got to be a little bit more open-minded to uh, in the sense that these lone gunman dudes aren't out there to get us all of the time. One of the things that they're trying to do, though, and you just got to be careful, is that they try... And and that they did this really well in the early 90s, Rob. This is from the research and so forth that I was seeing. Was that in pre the ARRB, it was a little bit of a free-for-all in terms of your theories and stuff that were going on. Um, if you've read John Kalin's um, Praise, for a, Praise for a Future Generation, you'll actually see that the original... JFK researchers, eh? If you, they were actually really cautious about their conspiracy theorizing, weren't they? You know, they, oh yeah, and they, and they were really quite militant about their research, eh? About their methods. Um, well, ex- the, except like, for people, Mae Russell, she pretty much put her shit out there pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brissette, yeah, that was right. I think, and you can see that sadly on some of her stuff. Yeah, and same, and the Mary Farrell stuff. Yeah, was a little bit, yeah. But but what I say, but May, but because she was well, the thing with May though, when she was doing it though with Brussels was um, but they were all pretty conservative in terms of the way that they viewed other researchers and all of that kind of thing, and people like David Lifton, you get when he turned up, man, you know, all of these originals just thought he was a dick, you know, yeah. you know, really, really dick. A lot of people and still I do. A lot of people still do. And there's a lesson to be learned from that, okay? You know, and this is the thing that really annoys me, is I think that David Lifton has actually done some okay stuff every now and again. However, hey, you know, where's his credibility? He was saying that somebody was disguised as a fucking paper mache tree on the grassy knoll. You know, this is before we cottoned on to the bullshit that's in best evidence. You know, which is just crazy. I never heard that shit before. Yeah, oh man, you should check it out. No, David Lifton's made those sorts of claims. Oh, and that's the thing is, yeah, yeah, he really has. And so then you get into like best evidence and all of that kind of stuff, where there's actually some good questions that he asks of the medical evidence. Okay, that's true. But that was that's actually been surpassed by um, when he was actually really good. And uh, he's the guy that's done the, he, he's done a few a few books with Bob with Bob Groden. And I've met him, and Harry, Harry Livingston. Yeah, Harry Livingston. Yeah, yeah. Harry, Living, Harry, Harry Livingston kicks frickin' um, David Lifton's ass in terms of the medical evidence and that bullshit body alteration in the plane stuff, you know, which is just really dark, bullshit disinformation, which Doug Horn should not have ever bought into, you know? He doesn't, and he doesn't. He's changed he doesn't it. anymore? No, he changed his mind. He thinks that it... That oh, wow! Wow, there is redemption! Yes. He's seen, uh, he seen the light, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> so, look, tell the viewers about that. Tell me about that conversation. Man. Okay, yeah. Well, from what I gleaned from, from uh, his presentation, that he doesn't believe that any alterations were done en route 
that it was actually done uh, by Humes pre-autopsy, you know, probably around 7 to 7.30. Because yeah, because the casket entered three times or or something yeah. to that effect, it was taken out and brought back in. You know, and, and I actually I interviewed the only other interview I ever done on my show because you know I don't fuck around. I go big, man. I got you, and the first interview I ever did was with Dennis David. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a, that's interesting, man. Yeah, that cat. He 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 received you know Kennedy's Kennedy's body at Bethesda in a metal shipping casket right. in a body bag. Sure. They took it in. They did whatever they did to it. They put it in the bronze casket. Took the bronze casket back out, and then brought it mm-hmm. back in <laughs> to the ante room. Yeah. And then somehow it came back in again. I and. Right. But yeah. Uh, Doug Horn has changed his theory on that. Um, he, he believes it was done at Bethesda, the alteration, and that it was quick, it was crude, you know, and it was done just to, to make a mess okay, of everything. You know he, he just needs to go, look, he just needs to go the one step further um, now. And the fact is that they probably didn't even really alter the body at Bethesda. Why? Hey, hey look, the, the, the autopsy was being run by the freaking military anyway. <laughs> exactly. And that's... And that's the thing that annoys me, eh? They're getting into this minutiae about you know, about this body alteration shit. And that was one of the good things that people... There was a great book that... Um, uh, I think it was Never Again. And this was Harold Weisberg's reply to the Jammer articles that were saying... That, you know, talking about the Kennedy assassination. And these came out in the wake of JFK the movie. And as much as Harold Weisberg disliked Oliver Stone's film... And as much as he disliked Jim Garrison because they had a few fallings out, which is funny because if you look at Harold Weisberg's arguments against Garrison, in all fairness, he made some good points. You know, I, I'm a so that's another topic for another time. But he was he, he really got onto the whole Pierre Fink testimony and what was going on at Bethesda that night. Right. Anybody should read that. It's a good no bullshit look at everything. Okay, and. Um, Man, no, it's really, yeah, it's, it's superb. And he, yeah, effectively he says that kind of, makes that kind of argument. And it's good. It's actually one of his better books too because it's actually quite, you know, it's relatively short and it's really concise. Um, so yeah, I think people should really get that one if they want to have a, get a good overview of everything that happened that night without, you know what I mean, without Doug Horn going off into tangents, that's a big problem too. Because then also too, Doug Horn had the problem that I saw, Rob, where he was buying into the bullshit of um, the potential of, um, of of the Secret Service agent Greer blowing JFK's head off. Does he still advocate that? No, he does not. No. Oh, thank God. Jeez, this, this, this guy Horn, you know what I mean? This is like the raising of Lazarus, mate. You know what I mean? This I'm saying he's, he's done like a 180, you know, except for his, his, his little bit of help from Fetzer this time. Everything that he was saying... Made sense, you know the, uh, you know with the with the Humes bringing like four different copies of the finished autopsy report, um, you know things like that. The, 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 I mean, he even had David Mantic there in the audience, right? And he's been working really close with Mantic on some things yeah, for sure. for his because uh, this was his supposedly Doug Horn's last presentation in public. He said after this, he's done. Well, that's cool, because look, I tell you what, if he can hang out more 
with, you know, I mean, ditch the bitch that is Jim Fetzer and hang out with some pretty decent folks like, you know, like, say, Greg and um, Dr. David Manta. You know what I mean? And like I said, I don't necessarily agree with them. However, they do present their case, you know what I mean? In at least a, in, a, in a decent manner, which is far removed from the Fetzerian bullshit. Oh, yeah. And if Doug Horn can get rid himself of the stench, the fetid stench of Fetz's shit, you know what I mean? Then the, the alteration um, agenda, or it's not even an agenda, the alteration argument would be in a far better freaking position. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that their documentary they're working on is going to include any any Fetzering at all in it. Hopefully, is it a great Fetzering? Isn't that funny? Just a question, brother. Just a question. Who was the? Was it B. Pete that actually put the made? Put it up in the Urban Dictionary. Yes. Fetzering. <laughs> the art of fetzering. To fetzer. Oh, yeah. I forget what the exact uh, definition is, but it, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Isn't it just brilliant? It's I'm, true. Because my mate Frank Cassano, look, one of the things that was, one of the things we're forgetting is my, my buddy, and I don't talk to him anywhere near as much as I would like to. But Frank Asano is a real hard beer-drinking motherfucker, man. Great dude. Great dude. And he was... Uh, I was doing some stuff with him about two, three years ago. And, um, yeah, he... I thought it was actually him, because he used to just... He just used to fucking send me these fucking emails. Just, fuck shit. Fuck bits. <laughs> 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 and all the time, he was just freaking... He was ropeable, brother. He was, I, was, I was wondering if Frank had... Frank had done that, but no, apparently BP pointed out a comment I'd made on a forum and said, no, it was me. I'd love to find out who BP is, but in saying that, after dealing with, like, have you come across a guy called Richard Charnin or Dick Charnin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. What, you know, how many, gee, oh, fucking hell. You know, I mean, was he dropped on the head repeatedly as a fucking child? You know, look, no, if he was my kid, I would have dropped him repeatedly on the <laughs> well, I think he's I think he's coming to his senses too about the whole Oswald Innocence campaign because he actually right. just had a book come out. Okay, right. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, it's called. Uh, so, so Dick- I think it's Re- JF. I forget what the exact title is. JF Clay reclaiming science or some shit like that. Well, written by him, Richard Charnin. Yeah, but he's he's distanced 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 himself from from them as of recently, and he's been fairly level headed. So, so he's not such you know. So he's not so he's not really the the Mister Potato Head looking reach around motherfucker that I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could very well be true, but you know, it's hard to say. Hey, he, he, you know, I, mean, I just geez. made him my Facebook friend today. Yep. Yep. He sent me a request. I said, "Sure, why not?" <laughs> so you're in with Dick. That's right. <laughs> oh shit! Man. It's, it's, there's so many things we could make. You know, Dick in your face. You know, no. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, this is the thing, though, too. Like, um, like Richard so, Hook. Look, Dick you've Hook. obviously been keep- <laughs> you've obviously been keeping a bit of an eye out. On some other stuff as well, like, um, she was ruining, like, how much more time? We have? How, how long have we got to go now, Rob? We've got about five minutes or so. Shit. Flying by, brother. Well, hey, look. 
Yeah, well, look, anyway, we've, we've covered some ground. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, look, I'll tell you what, one thing after being interviewing you here and that sort of thing, what I'll try and do is I'll try and put the word out to some other um, researchers and so forth. I think that what, what we need to have is we've got Black Op Radio, but I think that what we could really do with a new show was just have enough the you get what I mean. We've got to get with the we've got to get with the twenty first century, mate. Exactly. And maybe you could actually do a show where we just get on there and we say what the fuck we you know <laughs> what I mean. Really unleash, um, you know. But I think that would be really good and quite fun. I think you'd actually get quite a few of the younger researchers actually definitely tuning in as well. You know. Um, and no, a lot of Kiwis say, you know what I mean, as if you know. I've got to really stop doing that. But it would be really cool, man. I think you should think about it, Rob. Maybe set up a website and get some sponsors, hopefully, or something. What were you thinking of doing with the show anyway? Well, we got a website up. It's 22november.wordpress.com. Or, or yep. shit, 22novembernetwork.wordpress.com. Sure. We have Gail Nix Jackson, Orville Nix's granddaughter. Uh, she, she writes a oh, blog wow. for us. Uh, yeah. we've, we've got a, a member of Dealey Plaza UK, uh, Francesca Actar. She does a yeah. blog for us. Uh, I, I, yep, not, see, don't have Mark Vandervork on, mate. I, that guy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> nah, she, she's cool. Like, he's, a, he's a cool guy, but it's like one of these, we should all hold hands and like accept each other's, you know, oh, accept no. each other's idea. And sorry, mate, no, I don't play, homie doesn't play that game. You know, um, seriously, mate. Yeah, so we got, we got some good bloggers, and then, like I said, I do my show. Doug Campbell, he has a podcast called The Dallas Action. Uh, he's had a lot yeah, of... Good yeah, he's got a... He's, he had Walt Brown on, Bill Simpich. I mean, he, he gets the... Uh, yeah, good old school dudes, man. Yeah, he's Walt, been getting Walt the big Brown. names on there. Yeah, yeah, Walt Brown's old school, but he's thorough. You get what I mean? Um, and... Yeah, and if there was anybody that was going to be doing the Johnson did it angle, yeah, he would easily be the guy that I would talk to, you know, as well. But see, I get this, when I was looking over this idiot Phil Nelson's work, there's barely anything from Walt Brown in it, you see? Now, that's that shows a huge intellectual impasse there, you know? If I was going to be doing a pro-LBJ did it tome, you know, Walt Brown would be one of the guys that I would be trying to reference, you see? Right. And it shows you the lack of authenticity, you know, uh, and integrity that Phil Nelson presents by only giving this guy lip service. The guy's a wanker. Yeah, uh, you know what? I missed his presentation at the conference. I was so distraught. I would have been, because he would have been able to give me the real heads up on it, bro. I I think I was taking a shit while he was giving his uh, speech. (laughs) (laughs) All right, at least you avoided seeing someone take one on stage. Exactly, exactly. But hey, listen, Seamus, dude, it's been a blast. Dude, we're going to have to do this again. Yeah, sure, mate, sure. We'll let, we'll let, a, few, we'll let a little bit more um, uh, water flow under the bridge. And look, you might, you know that really long rant, that I, that, or that hanky and rant that I had? Um, you might want to edit most of that, practically <laughs> all of that out. But what would be funny about being like, beep, beep. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> I am. All right, my technical, My technical abilities are severely limited here. I'm doing this no, on two cool. phones. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks a lot, mate. Hey, and also, too, good work. Hey, you've been doing some good work, though, too, mate. You know, we may not agree with everything at all, uh, all the time. But, hey, good on you, and, um, yeah, excellent, mate. I'm really, uh, yeah, really glad that we, um, that, we, that, we, that we bonded, bro. It's been fun.
Oh, definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with me. Everybody, Mr. Seamus Coogan. Seamus, you hang on the line for a second. Um, Sweet. Everybody, go check out 22novembernetwork.wordpress.com for more blogs, more radio shows. We're bringing it to you, grassroots research style. This is your boy Rob Clark, putting it in the can, beaming the some bitch up to the satellite, down directly to your ears. This is Rob Clark, thanking my special guest, Seamus Coogan. And we are out. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. High volume, high volume, high volume. I'm about to body this white track, OJ Simpson. Do these niggas like the old days going lynching? Body anybody, go against the coalition. Teach you anything you wanna know, pay attention. Now it's time to separate the fact from the fiction. Down know the difference for subtract. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911, U.S. only. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only.